the Farm Podcast. My name is Donovan, and to my left is Roy. We have a different episode for you all today. Very different. So one of my favorite people to follow on Twitter lately has been a man by the name of Eric Sim. Um, he is a former professional baseball player. Yeah, minor leaguer. Former minor leaguer. Yeah, he uh, never sniffed the big leagues, never even got close. No. Um, and now he tends the bar at his family restaurant in in, in British Columbia. British Columbia. Um, but he's a very vocal, outspoken person. And he's a very interesting person to follow on Twitter. Yeah. Uh, you're talking about the struggles of what minor leaguers go through, but he does it with an amazing sense of humor. Well, and that's the big thing is, is he, he exposes the, the kind of the truth of, of, you know, of the, the, of like the minor league life is not easy. It's like the bus ride. People say, Oh, it's a bus ride. You're playing a bus ride to go play baseball. The bus ride, when you're trying to be a top flight athlete after an eight hour drive, sitting in an uncomfortable bus and then go play at a high level is incredibly difficult. Well, and, and it's, make next to nothing. It's you. Okay. So you just played a game and the game ended at whatever, 10 o'clock you go, you take a shower, you pack your stuff up, you're getting on the bus at 1130 midnight. Now you're riding on that bus through the night to yeah. go to the next place, trying to get some sleep on the bus. You get to the town at whatever, eight, 10 o'clock in the morning. And now you check into a hotel, try to get a couple hours of sleep because you've got to get up and get back to the ballpark for the yeah. next day. So it's there. It, we, there's a, a glamorous vision that I think a lot of us have about what it's like to be a minor league ball player. Um, but he lays it bare yeah. and you're going to hear that. Yeah. And he does not hold back. So if, um, if, if F bombs intimidate you or make D you uncomfortable, you might want to hit stop right now. Don't listen to this at work. <laughs> don't listen to this around your children. Yeah. We hit the uh, parental um, advisory button because there are F bombs sprinkled throughout this. Um, but it's because he's just really fucking honest. There it is. Hey, absolutely. <laughs> and, and what we try to do here at Friars the Farm, obviously we, we, we want to promote the minor leaguers. We want to shine a light on these guys. We want to give um, minor leaguer guys uh, in the Padres organization, a, a, you know, an outlet to tell us their story. Yeah, uh, because we want them to succeed and we want them to do well. Um, well, we don't want them to just be stat lines and right. you know pictures and video highlights. There's a person there too. Yeah, and I enjoy that getting to know a little bit about somebody, um, but knowing what they go through in the grind of what it's like to go day through day, week after week, year after year, trying to make it. It's is, hard, is, and it's coming up right now. The reality. Eric Sim coming up. Eric Sim was born in Busan, South Korea. When he was eight years old, his coach said, Hey, fat kid, you catch now. And he said, Yes, sir. <laughs> his family moved to Canada when he was 13, where he continued to play baseball through high school uh, with no offers from any major colleges. He played Juco ball at Colby Community College in Kansas before moving on to USF in Florida. He was selected by the Giants in the 27th round of the 2010 draft, and he kicked around their low minors for four years as a struggling catcher. One day, someone said, hey, fat ass, you pitch now. And he said, FML. Then he pitched for a year before the Giants organization released him. He pitched for another year in indie ball before finally hanging them up. Um, now he's a bar manager in British Columbia who still trains to match out his pitching and batting velos. Only now he does it with a cold beer by his side. And he also runs one of the most entertaining baseball Twitter accounts you'll find. Welcome to Friars on the Farm, Eric Sim. Yo, fucking well done. Well, that was a fucking sick intro. By the way, that's all fucking true. So it's... That was tight. So, your why did your family move from Korea to Canada? Why Canada in particular? Well, because um, uh, my one of my aunts was was living here before, and she was she was running a restaurant, and that was a, that was the best way for for mom to come here with a with a work visa kind of thing, right? Because you need a sponsor. So that's that's how we how this all started. But the the reason we came here is because of me, because I used to get beat the fuck up like when I was a little kid, right? So and from from Korean coaches and it's it's different culture there obviously right so we'll get into that later if you want but um so yeah mom's like dude fucking what the fuck and you're gonna be a dumbass too if you don't make it so I'm like yeah you're right so let's get the fuck out of the country I guess so we fled the damn country so yeah that's, uh, that's how it started wait so was it like be a professional baseball player or you're a loser yeah it's like so like for example like I started playing when I was when I was eight 
Okay, and I, as soon as I started playing, like my my daily routine will be just baseball. Like I'll just go play fucking baseball all day, kind of thing. So and also my first year of middle school, um, fucking I'll show up at like eight in the morning. You don't go to school. You show up at eight in the morning for like attendance check, and then you just fucking do the check, and then you go straight down and you play baseball from you know eight thirty a.m. till fucking six seven p.m. kind of thing. So yeah, it was it was pretty intense, and it was very um. It was, it was like you know coaches rule kind of way you know if you don't follow and you're kind of you get beat you get beat up and you get you know even parents are like oh my god like please take care of my kids and stuff like that and they'll hand them money it's it's very corrupt and it's disgusting and it's terrible so it's like time to get the fuck out so that's that's how it all started well, well funny in, in a little kind of similar thing um k-pop is kind of the same way isn't it isn't it like <laughs> I, I heard this and you know a couple of people at my work they listen to k-pop and i, I heard this NPR interview or, you know, this expose on K-pop where it's such a manufactured genre of music where yeah. it's like that. It's like very competitive, ultra. Right. Like you pretty much have you, to give all it all in, right? And everything you got, and there's competition over there is, is much higher and in a smaller fucking land, really. I mean, the, the South Korea is tiny and it's got millions and millions of people in there. So you just got to compete to survive kind of thing. So, and again, since you don't go to school, like if you don't make it, you're you're gonna be a dumbass. Obviously, <laughs> that's a that's a terrible way of, of living, and the lifestyle was not you know was not something that mom thought you know it wasn't. Mom made most of the decisions in my family, and she still does. So she's like, "Get, we're done." So I'm like, "All right, cool." Let's that's horrible. I mean, it's like a military kind of a. Thing. It's worse than yeah. It's worse than military, and, and it's it's fucking terrible. Yeah, <laughs> so, yeah military with eight year old kids. Exactly. So. You say it took you a long time to learn English. Was there a culture shock or were you kind of insulated from uh, and were you surrounded by a bunch of people that spoke the same language? Yeah, well, yeah, I mean, I, again, I had to adapt right away because I kept on playing baseball even when I moved. Like when I moved when I was 13 and I didn't speak like the only thing I knew was yes and no and hi and bye. Right. So you kind of had to fucking, you know, pick up the language as quick as possible because especially I was a catcher. So I was like, fuck, you know, I'm talking to the pitcher. I'm like, I have no idea what the fuck you're talking about. So, you know, it was just like, it was very tough. And so for me, like picking up the language was the biggest thing that I had to work on. And, and uh, it's obviously not easy, right? But I mean, you just kind of fucking figure it out and make it happen. So, and my English right now is fucking good enough. So, and yeah. I cussle, so fuck it. So. That's all right. I mean, the, that that's a very versatile word. The F-bomb, yeah. you can use so many different ways. It is. So you wound up pitching a little bit later in your pro career. Did you ever pitch in high school or anything before that? No, I've always caught him. Like again, that tweet is no fucking joke. Like I started. So the tweet's great. I was a fat kid, right? So there, he's like, just go catch. I'm like, all right, and fucking to Canada. They're like, okay, what do you play? And I'm like, uh, uh, catch. <laughs> so like, I just caught all my life, and yeah, never really pitched or nothing. I pitched one inning in fucking high school. Like all the seniors get to pitch one inning, and I gave up a fucking tank to this fucking. <laughs> from the states that we played against i still remember that like it was yesterday so yeah i didn't, I didn't <laughs> do anything else but catch not all my life the right fielder hits a bomb off from the guy that's pacing Dude, it was fucking brutal and then when i looked around and like, i give him a dinger right i'm like what the fuck and they're playing with, with bat we're like what the hell is going on and and so i looked around every infield heard their gloves up they're just cracking up right so it was hilarious oh that's so embarrassing so did you have any hopes of being drafted out of high school, or was it pretty clear that? Yeah, I, I, had, no, I had no shot, and especially in Canada too. Back then, it was a little more, uh, it was tougher to get looked at and all that, right? Because that's fucking over ten years ago, right? So, and, yeah. and I, I live in a small town too, so um, it wasn't easy. Um, so, and again, the only offer I got was was JUCO, and I got offer, uh, I got, I got, I got looked at by two JUCOs, and then the only offer I got was from Kobe Community College, and and that was, you know, that was a big big career change for me and then when i went there and kind of a c because i thought i was obviously pretty good in high school i was decent right and i went there i'm like holy fuck i'm gonna play you know so you know that really kicked my ass to you know you know move forward and then get better and all that so so you say that some of your best times in in all of baseball were the years oh, yeah. you spent at juco yeah so what were some of the things that made that whole experience so just so good well because juco is like minor leagues but like it's worse than minor league because fucking you're broke. Like, I don't know if you know, but I, I, I paid 50 bucks a month to, to live in a closet. Like, cause I couldn't afford it. <laughs> like so, literally in my a buddy, closet? Like, a, like an actual closet. If you dig up my Twitter, I post up a few pictures there too. It's a fucking tiny little room. 
like a light, like small, right? If I fit my bed in there and that's about it really, right? So all my other buddies are in a three-bedroom house with two baths. Oh no, one bath, three three bedroom, one bath. And when in one bath, we shared all, you know, or whatever. But um, all the other buddies pay 300 bucks a month. I paid 50, so that was fucking awesome. I live in a closet, so that was really cool. So what was the spread like in Juco? It's fucking terrible. Cafeteria, <laughs> right? So I, fucking, I had the meal plan the first year. The second year, I'm like, I don't want this. So it's like, I'm going to just get my own fucking food. So, um, but yeah, no, I mean, I got a full rise. So it kind of, everything was kind of included and all that. Right. But, um, but uh, yeah, again, my like, two years spent in Juco was probably the biggest turning point for my baseball career. And also like life, you know, I learned, uh, learned a lot of lessons and, you know, so did really you, my ass. did you sell your dining plan? Did you sell your dining dollars to other students? Like here, seventy five cents on the dollar or whatever. No, why the fuck? No one wants to fucking pay for that. Are you <laughs> fucking kidding? Like fucking terrible. Like fuck. So Donovan works at UCSD. He works at a nice four year college. Whoa, let's let's bag, let's bag that shit so, up real quick. I've got to imagine that the food at a JUCO doesn't hold a candle to the type of stuff you see at a food court. Yeah, yeah, no, we, we do really well, but uh, but also like, kids like once a week, all right. That's how fucking terrible. It is. <laughs> but kids, they they will they'll um either they'll give like they'll sell you can sell your dining dollars back to people or you can sell them to other people and like here you know you can do that. It's kids make money. Yeah, way. people do that with their EBT card too. You know, yeah. hey, I'll buy you a couple boxes of cereal if you buy me a handle of Smirnoff nice, or whatever. Nice. <laughs> And he's an engineer. He has no idea. He, he, I think he might have read that on the internet. <laughs> no, I was in the Lincoln once upon a time. Um, so what happened leading up to the draft? Wait, no, I just skipped all over USF. Yeah, you. So you were in Kansas. You yeah. were a Korean guy who hadn't spoken a whole lot of English going through high school. Were yeah. you completely a fish out of water at JUCO? Well, yeah. I mean, I, I mean, when I went to JUCO, I, I was... I was I could have a conversation and then I that's it was I had a little bit of accent probably still then kind of thing but I still I mean I spoke enough right so and I got by or whatever but it, it fucking uh, Kobe Kansas the five thousand people fucking town I think that's where that KKK started or some shit oh so, geez I was like God fucking damn it so yeah so I was there for again I was the only Asian Korean guy there, so it was, it was pretty brutal. But you know, and and I, I had a blast there. The coach I still talked to him quite a bit, and he's, he's he kind of pulled me through. And you know, when I was struggling and all that, right? So and I played like pretty average my freshman year, but sophomore year I played well. And you know, the showcase, I fucking you know, I tore it up, whatever. So I ended up talking to like sixty schools after my sophomore showcase. So that was really cool. And then I ended up signing with uh, USF. Did you have teammates that you know, like you got close with? Like at Njuko, yeah, yeah, no, everyone was like super close. Um, we, we had a really good team, especially my sophomore year. Um, everyone like clicked, you know, like a fresh, freshman year, like even like playing wise, we're like eat, like winning losses, we're like average. And then like our sophomore year, we set the school record on win, wins and shit like that. And then we went to like, oh, nice. that too, so it was really cool. And then, you know, you know, when that team clicks, you know, like was, everyone gets along and, you know, and they're, they're all good dudes kind of things. So, you still keep in touch with any of those guys? Yeah, actually went to um, one of my friends' um, wedding, or not wedding. He um, hit a bachelorette party, and then I went there, and then and so it was. He lives in Seattle, but a lot of my friends are, you know, again, all my JUCO friends are fucking from Kansas or whatever. Like they're all over the place, right? So it's really tough for me to get to see them. Same thing with minor leagues too. I don't really fucking see anybody from the minor leagues and stuff like that too because they live so far away, you know. So, so when you went to USF. Um... Was that another kind of a culture shock going from a junior college to a four-year school? Yeah, it was a fuck, it was heaven. Right? It, was, it was fucking great. Like I went there first day. Like I got yeah. So I was in Tampa, Florida, right? And I'm I'm coming from like a small town, Canada, and like you know Kobe, Juke, like Kansas. Like it's fucking terrible, right? And I go there. It's fucking like sunny. I walk around. I we get set up at our um, apartments because I was on a full ride there too. And they show me our apartments and stuff, and then like was girls in bikinis and shit like that, just like going bathing. I'm like, this is heaven. <laughs> it's like this is the greatest idea of my life, and, and I still won't forget that, you know. But you know, yeah, I had a good time there too. Um, I didn't play there. I didn't play as well there, right? But you know, it is what it is. So, so what was it about JUCO that made it a better experience than the four year? Were there? Did people have like a sense of entitlement? 
that no, kind of thing? Like, it's, it's a, it's a, it's a, uh, it's obviously a shittier environment. So people have to like, I've seen a lot of people just like, like, like do everything they can kind of thing. You see what I'm saying? So uh, I'm not saying D1 players or whatever are not working hard and shit. Like they're, they work their asses off too. But in Chico, just like, like everyone's grungy, broke, fucking a bunch of scumbags really and trying to make it kind of thing. Right. So uh, right. I, I like, for me, I like that, you know, like I'm, I'm more of that kind of guy. Right. So I've never been, I'm never going to, I was never going to be a first rounder and shit like that. I, right. like, I'm, I'm going to be that, you know? And then when I, when I play pro ball, a lot of my friends actually like that are first rounders that are like, Oh, you know, out of high school, they knew they're going to be the first rounder. You know what I'm saying? Like, so yeah. it was a, and then they had offers from like all these D ones and shit. I wasn't, I wasn't that. I had one fucking small offer, you know, and out of high school and all that. So I'm more of a, you know, like a underdog, I guess. So what leading up to the draft, did you know that there were any teams that were interested? Were they talking to you? Yeah, no, I talked to, I talked to quite a bit. And so in, in fall ball at USF, I, I did really well. So in fall ball, everyone's like, who the fuck is this guy? Like this Asian guy, the, the catcher too, you know, I was like, what the fuck? And then I, I tore it up in fall ball. So I had to actually talk to 25 um, big league teams on like questionnaires and shit like that, filling up and talking to some, some scouts and shit like that. Right. But, um, but yeah, until then I didn't talk to like, I didn't even know what a fucking scout was really. And then right. I talked to of them so it was a really cool moment to see oh yeah i might have a fucking chance kind of thing you know so so how was the transition from college to pro ball um you went to was it in the arizona league where you were assigned first yeah so i was in azl fucking obviously that's where everyone starts kind of thing um but yeah it was it was fucking brutal like i went there <laughs> funny story so i go i first yeah i show up right i'm like oh you know like, i got drafted and i'm fucking um you know, they chose me for a reason or whatever. I show up, I meet three dudes, right? There's like eight rounder, 10th rounder, and a fourth rounder. They're like 260 pounds, muscle, just fucking jacked out of them. I'm like, Who the, are you guys like, what are you, are you here to play baseball or football? Like, Jesus Christ, you right. know? And fuck, I go hit BP with them. They're just hitting balls like, you know, like out of the fucking field. You know, I'm just like, I'm, I'm barely hitting like singles and shit like that. I'm like, dude, what the fuck is going on? Like, these are freaks, man, you know? So, and it was a really cool experience, but at what? the same time, when I played at USF, we played against teams like Florida, right? I played against like Preston Tucker and Shelly, they're hitting fucking, you know, dingers left and right kind of thing. So, yeah, I knew what, what to kind of expect, but at the same time, when you actually practice and, and play with them, you really are like, holy fuck, dude, like, I can't, I can't do that. You know what? <laughs> right. I can't. Hey, Preston Tucker plays for Houston. Is he in the Houston yeah. system? Yeah. Yeah, he was a fucking dude in college. Holy fuck. He had like three tanks of us in one series. So that was good. And imagine catching. I was like, dude, I can't throw you anything. You're going to hit a dinger. <laughs> but that first year in the AZL, you crushed it. I, I looked up your not stats. You, you hit 350. Right away when I signed. But yeah, so and after, you know, I had, a, I had 100, if you can check my stats, my first rookie ball. And I was like, dude, I'm the worst player of the fucking planet you know and then i go next year obviously whatever off season i worked hard or whatever everyone fucking works hard and i go through extended because i didn't make a team full season team so i was like fuck i suck and then during the season uh me and um i had a, had a hitting coach and named uh, darren McNeese, and me and him like really fucking clicked and we we're working on a lot of cool things and i ended up hitting like 350 with like six dingers i throw a lot of guys out like even that night was like 350 like i throw out a lot of fucking 45 percent a lot of dudes and i backpicked like so it was fucking insane so I, I, I played really well and then so after the the following year i talked to my coordinator right so he shows up to spring training like he makes all the fucking decisions i think i just tweeted about that recently but he came up to me he's like so if you didn't hit 350 last year you'll be pitching by now i'm like what the fuck really like <laughs> confidence in me jesus christ you know so they, they gotta be honest they gotta be like oh hey did you you know maybe we should try oh, your yeah, pitching he up, he's like dude you're gonna be a pitcher and like, so after that, that kind of got me to stay as a catcher kind of thing another three years or whatever but yeah so where did the magic go i mean you were crushing it and then you left the complex and what happened yeah don't know man fucking shit happens baseball sucks it's fucking hard all right so right. i just lost it and fucking i ended up sucking and i got hurt that following year too so that really fucking put me backwards kind of thing right and then you know it just mentally i wasn't there and especially the last three years of my career i was like dude like 
I didn't even get excited. Like I'll show up to the field, I was, I was miserable. I'd be the most miserable person on the team. So it was it was really difficult to get over that, and never got over it until I got done playing. And I'm I'm, fine. I'm actually really happy that I'm not fucking playing anymore, and I have no desire to play anymore. Right? But it's just like fuck, man. I I, I like literally show up. I wake up in the morning. I'm just like, dude, I don't want to do this. You know, like wow. I felt that single day. That's how bad it was. You know, people had a fire. You know, and they you know are nervous, right? Like. But I lost all that, you know. I'll show up to the field with like zero feelings. I'll just go through the motions and then get the fuck out. The only thing I wanted to do was go out and drink after, you know. So yeah, it was I was in a pretty shitty situation on my on my life. And plus I was broke, right? So I was really doubting myself. And later on, I was like, dude, I don't fucking want to do this. And then when I got released, I gave it a obviously I didn't want to just get done, you know, but I was like, okay, I'll play a little bit of indie ball and I fucking suck. I got released over a month, and I was like, "Dude, fuck this, I'm done." You know. So, uh, do you, so do you play any rec ball? Yeah, I mean, do you have any love? Any any other love in the game? Played, uh, actually, played a like a like not a beer league, but like after that, you know. But I I can't get into that, you know. I, me, I just like training. I hate baseball. Like you can ask me, like people ask me all the time, "Oh, you must love?" No, I fucking hate baseball. But I do like training part of it, and that's the only part I like. And then obviously, I do miss hanging out with boys and stuff like that. That's right. the only thing I miss, like the stories I have and stuff. But other than that, like the game, like fuck you. Like I don't even watch TV, like baseball games. The only, the only baseball like I sometimes watch is the the gifts on fucking you know Twitter. You know, so, <laughs> pitching yeah. ninja. Okay, so oh, pitching ninja is a man, dude. dude. I love his shit, dude. That's awesome. So you you got released from baseball and yeah. you go back to British Columbia. Um, but you're still training. You're still posting videos all the time of you doing weighted yeah. ball programs. You're always trying to max out your velocity. You're hitting off a tee. You're you're watching what your velocity is there. What what is it that drives you to continue to try to improve, even though you don't want to step on a field anymore? Why not? You know, like for me, like I just like why the fuck not? Why not? Why wouldn't I do it? For me, that's more like a therapy for me. Like right. it's like when people go work out or, or whatever. And for me, I just go to that fucking prison and throw some baseballs around, you know? And it's not like I don't have the knowledge. I know exactly what to do kind of thing. I don't have all the stuff that I need. And obviously it's different than actually training. I've trained at uh, Driveline, which is a big place in Kent, Washington. I've trained there and it's night and day doing it obviously here or somewhere else than actually training there because the environment over there is fucking unreal. Like that's how you get better kind of thing. You push those limits, right? right? With everybody that's trying to do the same thing. But for me, I'm like, dude, what the fuck wouldn't I? You know, like it's like I have nothing to do. I just work pretty much, and then work is is quite a bit. So like, I'm trying to, you know, find that something so that I can I can keep my mind off, you know, work kind of thing. So, so you call it the prison. What what is the place where you work out? It's a I see a, <laughs> yeah. like a concrete hallway, and you got nets yeah, stretched like, up. Not, not an actual prison. I've actually had people DM me. Do you actually work out of prison? No, you fucking dumbass. Like I'm not my own. <laughs> baseball are you fucking kidding me like it's just a shitty building like it's an indoor building that pretty much like softball girls go and hit a little bit i guess but i found it it's near like it's like two minute drive from home so it's awesome and i got the code there so i can walk in there whenever i fucking want to. i usually go there when they don't do anything like like 9 p.m 10 p.m kind of thing right i bring like a can of bit a can of beer in and fucking just go crush some workouts you know and then i i love throwing period but i love i love throwing gas you know so and you don't play rec ball you don't no i don't want to fucking play with all the tryhards and shit i don't that doesn't excite me nothing excites me when i go in the field like you know competing wise like for me like i've done that enough and that that, that doesn't excite me for me what excites me is when i see fucking 90 on the gun that excites me yeah well you haven't touched 90 right (laughs) i think your pr lately is something around like 85 86 Dude, my arm, like, I started at 77, and I was at first, so, and then right after that, my arm hurt like a bitch. I'm like, dude, fuck this, I'm not doing this. And then, and then I kept on doing it, and I feel a little bit better and stronger, so I got up to 86, so. So, I don't know if you're familiar with Robert Stock, uh, reliever for the Padres. Yeah. That he found his way back into affiliated ball really by posting right. videos of him throwing hard um yeah he and his brother have a podcast called the try harder podcast and we talk about them all the time all the time but oh, cool. it, it's it's a really entertaining podcast and they have a whole different approach on how to like build your body up and it's they, they do like weighted balls but they like it, it's 
it's it's interesting here and there kind of insight. And they both spent quite a bit of time playing um, indie ball, indie ball. And so there's like oh, a sense of yeah. humility with them and a, like a sense of humor that comes with, I guess, going to the darkest awesome. depths and coming back up. Yeah, no, I heard of, I've actually seen their account or whatever on, on Twitter or whatever. And no, those guys are fucking awesome. And actually like Robert, he's, he's almost like a legend, man. Like he just posts up videos of him throwing a hundred on fucking YouTube. And that's how, pretty much how we sign. Right. So, yeah. I, it, you know, it, we want as a driveline, like people talk about it all the time. I was like, holy shit. And he was, he was a dude. I think, you know, so. Well, and now the, the pitching ninja started that whole, um, I don't remember what backgrounds. Black Black yeah. Yeah. yeah to try to yeah. try to get other people to follow that same path. Cause who, yeah. And I've heard about a bunch of guys that have been signed this off season. Yeah. That, oh yeah. There's that lefty that signed, uh, it was from 99 left-handed and he fucking signed and nobody even knew it was. And he just signed a contract right there. And then right. Fucking, yeah. And, 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 you know, you just gotta throw fucking hard and sign. You know, and it's funny cause his brother is trying really hard to like, he just, he just hit 95, I think, at 94. Oh, I've seen that. Yeah, yeah. There's Robert and Richard, right? Yeah, yeah Robert yeah, Richard. Yeah. Isn't, he, isn't he the catcher or something? Richard was the catcher? Well, they were they were both catchers. So it's kind <laughs> oh, of like, yeah, yeah. Because Robert was like top pro. Like he was 13 years old in all these showcases. He was going to be the next big thing. And then oh, he got shit. drafted as a catcher, washed out after a few years, wound yeah. up. He, they tried him as a pitcher. That didn't work. He wound up yeah. going to indie ball. And then yeah. washing out from that, like he couldn't even keep a job in indie ball. And then That's he's a, just like thrown into a net all winter long saying, I'm, yeah, I'm going to hit a hundred miles an hour. He finally right. did get a job. I mean, it's amazing. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. No, it's pretty cool. But yeah. you could hit a hundred miles an hour until everybody fuck off. I don't want to play ball. Fuck that dude. Even if I get a dude, come on, let's be real. Best case scenario for me is fucking sign a, like a minor contract will be the best case, obviously, correct? <laughs> I, go to, I go to fucking high A as a fucking 30, 31 year old. You fucking want me to go through a high A in 31? Fuck that, dude. Like, that contract your fucking ass, dude. Go back to living fucking on PB&J. Oh my God. And, and 85, I'm sure 85 is just, I mean, has squeezed absolutely every cell of baseball velocity out of that arm i think you topped out at 85 i mean that's got to be as much as you can throw just fucking just dude i just have no <laughs> desire to play football fucking football like fucking all i have is shitty stories about it so, fuck so that. and plus i hate being broke so fuck it so do you find that a good ipa helps you add some velo <laughs> oh, fuck yeah dude i actually had an ipa in my last one so it was really cool i saw that you yeah. set it down like right next to the camera there yeah i just fucking i'm not, i i like drinking i like throwing baseballs so i'm gonna do both <laughs> <That's exactly laughs> so did you uh did you find out so i saw that uh you know as part of your prep on one of the things you tweeted out is something had to do with taking a dump did you find that taking a dump helped you like get ready as a reliever yeah so like when i was a, when i was a reliever i had to, obviously everyone had kind of a set routine you know so I'll sleep from the first inning to the third inning. I'll just pass the fuck out. You can, you know, I can't, I can't even hear you. Like I'm past the fuck out, right? Usually I'm hungover from the night before. So oh, that first helps to, pass out, yeah. Yeah, first and third inning, I'm out, and then I wake up slowly and I walk, walk to the fucking clubhouse, take a dump, and so that's that's my way of getting fit. Kind of <laughs> you know, it's it's a, it's a day spot to start kind of thing, you know. And I go back, I go back out to the fucking dugout, and I do like like ply routine and stuff, like the the weighted ball kind of stuff, and then get ready, and then I chug a fucking Red Bull as fast as I can, yeah. and I train pre workout as fast as I can, and I go fucking let it eat. That's what I did. So, so would you do that on? You don't know whether you're gonna be called to pitch each day or not. So yeah, yeah. Was this like an everyday kind of a thing for you? Yeah, well, usually I knew when I was pitching, usually every second day kind of thing, right? But yeah, I mean, some days I'll do all that, and then I won't get, I'll get blue, I got blue ball three times too, so it's like, dude, whatever, it is what it is, I took all those pre-workouts, so I got this energy, so I'll just use that energy to go out and have a good time. But did you ever get called when you uh, didn't have a chance to go through all that routine? Yeah, I did, yeah, one time, in Vancouver actually, the fucking... So the pitching coach goes, oh, you know, Vancouver is, you know, near home, right? So I had a lot of family members that was going to come out. So it was a five-game series. So it was like, fuck, you know, like he's – and pitching coach is like, dude, I'll get you up to like three times at least. You know, your family's in town. And so I'm like, oh, thanks, man, you know. Fucking – he didn't fucking put me on there for four days. Like nothing. I was like, you motherfucker. And then I had all my family there. I was like, dude, like they are just watching me sitting on the fucking bench the whole time. And then 
fourth game, our starter gets fucking lit. Second or third inning, I was in. <laughs> I was like, fucking, are you kidding me? You didn't even get a chance but, to take a dump yet. No, I didn't even fucking do anything. I was barely waking up. Wake up, Sim. You got to get home. Oh, this is truly <laughs> Ned Crash. What's the other guy's name? In, uh... Nuke Lelouch. Nuke Lelouch. <laughs> yeah. So uh, tell us what eyewash is. Maybe give us an example of what that means. So it says eyewash is fake hustle. It's like fucking bullshit that you shouldn't be doing. Ah. You know, like P1 people. Like I've actually had a fucking kid that just signed out of high school and then he was tweeting out his stats. And I'm like, you motherfucker. Like you don't fucking do that, you fucking eyewash prick. And he just stopped. <laughs> so like that's those kind of stuff is called eyewash. Like stuff that you don't need to do. Like you know, like fucking running, running back after a strikeout. That's eyewash. You don't do that. You don't, especially in Pro Bowl, you don't fucking do that. So, yeah. They do that in you know, Little League. They teach that hustle in, in, uh, in college ball. Not they... hustle, How about hustling? You're, you struck out, you fucking get your fucking chest out and walk back, and you're going to hit a fucking dinger next at bat, you know, instead of fucking running back like a little idiot. <laughs> <laughs> so, do you, cowards do. do you still work out a driveline at all? No, no, and I, I keep in, I keep in contact with him. Just kind of have a good time with him on, on social media, obviously. Nice. Right, and they're good dudes, and I, I I've done their program. I was successful with them, you know. But you know, I I actually went there for their pro day, and I had no business going there. Like I was like, I just went there to pretty much hang out and fucking, you know, just that's it, really. <laughs> so I had no value there. But I went there, had a good time, and the, the dudes are really cool. So I just go up there and kind of thing. And I'll go there like once a year, maybe, if I can, just to hang out with the guys and stuff like that's, that. That's cool that they'll just let you cruise by and, like, yeah, hey, cruise by and hang out. Like, yeah, they're just like, that's dude, pretty like, tight. Fucking come on. dude, that's fucking awesome. You yeah. Know? I mean, those guys, and they, we, I mean, we've been through some shit too. You know, like I was training when I was, you know, going like fucking, you know, I needed to like boost up kind of thing, you know. So, and actually, Kyle's the one that got me an indie contract kind of thing. Like, you know, he got my, he put, put a video of me throw 95 that went viral and then fucking end up getting a few offers kind of thing you know so he helped me out and i just like hanging with the guys and stuff so yeah so i i've looked up your fan graphs profile and yeah at the top of the of the page it shows any articles that a, a player is mentioned in and with you you're only mentioned in one article and that's something that Jeez. From that, from that pro that's day. One drive line. Yeah, that's <laughs> yeah. yeah, it said, oh, it was yeah, a pretty thanks. quiet scene until yeah, Eric Sims showed thanks, up. Thanks, Graphs. Way to fucking go, all right? Way to fucking go. Hey, that's on brand for you. Yeah, they didn't fucking ask me. They're like, oh, it was super quiet until Eric Sims showed up. I'm like, dude, fuck you, man. Like, <laughs> what the fuck did I do to you, you know? Like, fuck. Hey, that probably got you a bunch of new followers. Nah, fuck. I got enough, dude. Fats, I got way too many. I hate all of them. Fuck them. <laughs> so one topic that I'm interested in, and I kind of dance, because we talk to a lot of minor league players, yeah. but yeah. I don't feel comfortable opening the door of the minor league pay talking to current active players. You know, they've got a boss that they need to still be in good. Yeah, you can't, yeah, you can't, you can't share all the shit. Like, for me, example, even if I, if I was, you know, still playing, there's no way I could tweet fucking a tenth of what i'm tweeting out now or whatever you know you can't be vocal because you they're watching you and they, they have their personnels watching you and you know and they're not stupid you know they're not gonna do anything for you to create anything kind of thing you're you're there to play ball kind of thing you know so so about a year ago um uh uh Eno Saris of the athletic wrote an article called three days in the life of a minor league ball player and yeah. he you opened up your books to him and kind of explained yeah. what your life was like when you were going through that. Um, right. So what level of ball were you playing when you kind of the, the snapshot that you gave him and can you give us any kind of stories from what that was like? Well, yeah, I mean, I was, I was mostly low way. I, I was in low way for three years, pretty much like not all the time because I was like moving up and down and shit like that. Right. But usually low way was my fucking place. They almost ran me a fucking mayor there because I fucking played fucking in this area. It was miserable, but Oh, it is what it is. And so, yeah, again, I showed him like the, the actual contract that I signed, right. That had that entailed all that fucking, you know, 1100 bucks a month kind of thing, bullshit and, and all that stuff. Right. And then I kind of opened up to him, like, like we don't get all, all of that because we got to pay for like when I was in low way, I had to pay for rent. Like rent is not cheap. You know, I mean, we're, we're, we had a, we had a three bedroom, uh, two bath, right. 
apartment and seven seven guys were living in there so we had two per room with one living in the living room like and i was it was miserable you know you can't do anything there's no privacy are you fucking kidding me you right. know like yeah good luck then, bringing a girl home and then even doing so we're we're each paying like 250 to 300 plus utilities right so i mean that's our that's our paycheck if you yeah. think about it you yeah. know what i'm saying so i was like fuck man like we're, we're really getting screwed there and people are like oh you get meal money well meal money only only on the fucking road games first of all and second it's 20 bucks so like they feed us before the game starts and after the game starts but it's not quality food nor is it enough you know what i'm saying right. so you have to feed yourself pretty much two or two or maybe sometimes three times a day with that 20 bucks so obviously you're not going to get anything quality wise and you're going to do your best or whatever if, if you try but for me i'm like dude like i can't really even try with 20 bucks you know like so i'll just eat like you know chipotle and shit like that if i can or and then it, even even road games i mean you're on the bus right so it's not like you can go to all the places that you want to so you all like they'll stop somewhere and we just get whatever fuck we can at the gas station or whatever so right it's not like you're gonna go through the drive through the jack in a box or the local taco shop or whatever yeah, where you can exactly. get, like i can get a fat burrito for five bucks and there yeah. it is that's gonna get me through the day yeah so yeah again again the money wise it, it was miserable a lot of people didn't know i guess so that 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 article went pretty viral i think and i get a lot of people seeing that they're like what the fuck is actually a big deal and now a lot of a lot of voices are out there right and trying to trying to make it you know, trying to change the game or whatever, but we'll see. Probably not going to happen anytime soon, but whatever. I'm going to keep, I'm going to keep saying what I think is right. Kind of thing. Right. So, well, you, as a minor league ball player, the organization wants you to succeed. They want you to become strong and healthy and fit and all this stuff. But how can you do that when you're trying to live on top ramen and McDonald's? Well, yeah. I mean, for example, like one year. Okay. So I show up in spring training. I didn't get paid. Right. I got stuck in extended. I didn't get paid. That's extended is about two and a half months. So spring training a month extended is two and a half months. I didn't get paid short season. I got paid. So which is two and a half months, which is about five paychecks. Right. And then fucking, I got called up for instructs. You guys know what instructional league is, right? Oh, yeah. Month long camp. So you guys got called in. I didn't get paid for that either. So I was in there for a month. And so that's, that's like fucking seven months of, or four months of not getting paid, you know? And, on top of whatever you get paid, which is not enough, you know what I'm saying? So it's like, what the fuck, man, you know? And then so off season, I was supposed to start a job right away, which is obviously giving lessons, pretty much all you're going to get because you only get five months. So right. five months, what can you do? You can't get a fucking full-time job. You know, no one's going to hire you. Oh, yeah, sure, you can just work for five months and get the fuck up. No, no one's going to do that, right? right? So a lot of them give lessons and stuff like that on their own or whatever. And then and that's pretty much all you have to do. And you still need to train, you know? And I was training good five hours five hours a day like i'll spend two hours training for lifting and i'll do another two and a half for for baseball like you know throwing routine and all that video work and all that and then i'll do my condition nothing right so yeah it, it, it was tough and but but thing is like a lot of people didn't know that we were doing that is is you know is, is the biggest reason i think this is why a lot of people are talking about it because they didn't know you know well well, it, it, that article opened is what kind of opened my eyes yeah. to it. Um, yeah. And Emily Walden is another writer who yeah, keeps kind of banging right. that topic. And, uh, right. and so it's, it's, you guys are trying to find, I mean, not you anymore, because obviously you're retired, but you got kids that are 20, 25 years old and they didn't have an education because they came straight out of high school or maybe they left college. They never finished. They right. have no marketable skills. They can throw a nope. baseball. They can swing a bat. And right. now they're whatever, 28, 30 years old looking for work. Well, that's why the ba- be real too. Like what, what would possibly go wrong by paying them more? There's nothing like, I mean, you, right. they're going to get better, better health, you know, better like living, better quality of living and better, I mean, better, better like equipment and everything, you know, and if anything, it's going <laughs> to get all that. It's going to benefit the club by spending that money is what I, what I, what I don't understand. And I hate when fucking people go online and be like, Oh, it's your fucking choice. So why don't you quit and get a job at McDonald's? No motherfucker. It doesn't work like that. You know, like you don't, you don't fucking get it. Well, and, and you would think, well, then they can just stay in double. I can just make a living playing double a baseball. You can still get released. Like you can make more money, but you're still an at will employee. Like if you get released, like that's it, you know, that's it. I mean, like, I mean, for me, I, I got released in five minutes, man. I, I got a phone call in off season, November. I won't forget it. It was fucking during the day. I was like, I just about to wake up 10 in the morning. 
I get a phone call. I'm like, what the fuck? I first looked at it. It says, and it says, um, our coordinator's name. I was like, what the fuck? And I was kind of like still sleeping. I'm like, okay, I probably shouldn't answer that. So I didn't answer it the first time. So, <laughs> and I kind of knew oh, it was about time, you know, because I was 25 and, you know, and fucking second time he rings again. I'm like, oh, fuck. You know, this time, boy. So it's like, answer it. Like, hey, what's going on? He's like, hey, like, Simbo, you know, we love having you. I'm like, oh, okay. So I'm getting really sick. So he's like, hey, like, we got to let you go kind of thing. And they're all going to say that shit. You know, they're all going to be like, oh, you're you're great and all that shit but right. it doesn't really matter because they're gonna you're getting released either way so and i'm like hey like is there anything you can do for like you know for help me like with any ball and shit like that and there was nothing so i was like everything was on me you get released man fucking that's it they cut you off and then you're on your own motherfucker you know if you have an agent good for you but for me i didn't i never had an agent right so for me i was like fuck like and then and i thought i was gonna get picked up right away a lot of people think they're gonna get picked up right away right you know, a lot, a lot of minor leaguers like, oh, this is what minor leaguers say before. They're like, oh, I'll, I'll never play indie ball. I'm better than that. And I'll just fucking sign with somebody. Nobody signs you and you play indie ball. Just like fucking I did. You know? <laughs> fucking, you know? Dispelling the yeah. myths of the minor league. Well, and, and that's one of the things about the, the people that don't know. They're like, oh, but you're playing baseball, bro. You're, it's just like, it's your dream. It's your dream. Yeah, well, yeah. the dreams take a toll. And the dream, you know, there's only Seven four hundred fifty slots on a twenty five man roster, forty man yeah. roster, and you know th- this last season for us, following the minor leagues in the depth that we have done, like I've been following guys on on Instagram and Twitter that have been an extended for years. Like these yeah. guys have not sniffed any affiliate ball short season, um, you know, a ball. None of those guys, and they're still. You know, you still see him take, but I'm like, wow, yeah, that's right, that guy. I, oh, wow. Yeah. You know, you just scroll back a few pictures to see, oh, yeah, he's a Padre. Or, you know, yeah, he's in the minor leagues. Um, right. And they will never, some of these guys will never walk out of the complex. And a lot of, a lot of them won't. And the thing is, though, like, there's only so much you can you can cover by saying dreams. You can only right. sugarcoat so fucking much. It, when, right. the, when the living is that miserable for everybody, like, I mean, and every minor leaguers are saying the same shit, you know, like pretty much everyone are saying, dude, the lifestyle is sucks. And what's 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 the reason of holding it back just so that the ten point six billion dollar industry can save us some money or ten point three or where the fuck it is. Right. So they can save money. Like, come on, man, like be real. And that's that's an investment that you're if you fucking drafted them for paying whatever the money, you know, you gotta you gotta develop them too. You can't just sign them and hope they can make it kind of thing, you know. And right. so Put yeah. on, put on weight with ramen, you know. Yeah. Um, well, and you, and so it's no wonder, uh, Kyler Murray is that his name? Yeah. That like, okay, you got five million bucks. That's pretty good. That's pretty good money, you know. Minus taxes, maybe you get two, five. Yeah, but maybe if he's you a get top three. five football draft pick. He's gonna sit in the minors, even at an accelerated rate, tops right. three years before he sniffs the forty man. Mm-hmm. Um, no yeah. guarantee, yeah. Or, or you can take. Maybe ten to fifteen million. I don't know. I'm not sure what that money is going to be, but it's going to be twice as much playing NFL football, and you're going to be automatically making the money. You're automatically going to be impacting the team. You're automatically going to be able to make more money, and it's just yeah. no, no, no kidding that the guy took the NFL money, and you know, poor A's. They got what they, you know, they. I'm sure they had a reasonable expectation for him to play baseball, but you know, but then you know, NFL comes calling. Like, well, in baseball too, there's also fucking six, seven different levels that you gotta yeah. fucking beat, you know. And yeah. football, I mean, yeah, football is very tough sport, and I don't doubt that one bit. And and I, I think they're both difficult sports, right? But you know, fucking football, there there are no seven minor league teams that you gotta beat. Right, man. You gotta beat your fucking competition, and you you <laughs> should go kind of thing. Again, I don't know a whole lot about football, but for me, like when you get drafted, you have fucking six different levels, and the years before you, they're or second or third rounders that are in your fucking position. Yeah. How the fuck are you going to beat them if you're a 27th rounder like me? Like, the guys ahead of me were second, third rounders. I mean, fuck, you know, and it's, it's not even necessarily just playing well. People think, oh, you play well, you move up. And no, the fuck you don't. My buddy hit 341 year. He got released because of a free agent sign. Like, uh, politics are involved too. Like, a lot of people don't know that. You know, if you, they don't have money invested in you, why the fuck would they move you up kind of thing? You know, like my buddy, again, I told you. 340, seven or eight dingers or whatever, really good numbers for short season. 
he got stuck in extending. He's like, dude, what the fuck? I could be a law student. So he's like, dude, move up or I'm out. And then they said no. And then he fucked up, you know, and which was a smart decision by him because, you know, FAs and low round picks don't really. I mean, I'm not saying they can't because he's here, you know, oh, I hate when people bring Mike Piazza. Like, fuck, I can name million first rounders. Right. I get to, you know what I'm saying? Like, get the fuck out of here. <laughs> well, and, and you tell you know, these guys that year after year, particularly when you get up to AAA, like year after year, you're, you're Cody Deckers, you're, um, you know, you're Alan Craig. Alan Craig, I think he turns 31, 32 this next year, and he'll he'll probably be playing AAA baseball somewhere. Yeah, but you make a much bigger check in AAA than you do in the lower levels. But even then, yeah, it's still, it's like, you're not feeding your family with that money. Oh, no. Right. And again, a lot of them aren't like that. You know, a lot of them, like, I, I, think, I think there's like a, some kind of stat out there, like average years of minor league, it's like two or three years of that, I think, you know, like a lot of them are released in three years, you know, like, yeah. so, and so why the fuck you should make it miserable for them so that when they're done, they're like, dude, I'm fucked. Like when I got done playing, I was 25, it was 2015, I was 25 and I had, I had 500 bucks in my bank account. That's all I had. Wow. When I got, that was in November. So I was like, dude, like I'm fucked. I have 500 bucks left. I have no agent. I have no team to play for. So fucking, that really fucked me, you know. Like it's, it was, it was, it was, it was tough scene, right? Like people say. So, yeah, it's miserable, and well, it should change. So you mentioned equipment. Um, it, the I know the the top prospect guys they wind up getting deals, and so they'll get hooked up with bats and gloves and stuff. Were you having yeah. to pay for all that stuff yourself? Yeah. So like for me. Um, again, I didn't have an agent. If you have an agent, they usually, but it kind of depends too. Like my buddy that was a low round pig that had an agent, agent will send you pretty much a glove maybe and a pair of cleats if you're a pitcher kind of thing, right? And But if you're a high round pig, like if you're a hitter, you're going to get all the bats and all that shit shipped to you kind of thing, right? But it kind of depends on how much you sign for and stuff. But um, yeah, so I didn't, I had to pay for everything. So when I signed, they gave me obviously catching gear, right. And they gave me two bats, which they give two bats for everybody. And then whenever you break one, you have to, br- you have to bring that broken pieces so they can get a new one. It's pretty fucking insane. <laughs> so, yeah, so it's pretty hectic. Well, again, I understand it because there's 160 of us, especially in spring yeah. training. You can, you can imagine how hectic it gets, but still yeah. it's like, dude, are you fucking, so you have, the one time I forgot them. In field four, which is far as fuck away, so I had to go after a game. I had to come back to the fucking field and I had to dig through fucking trash can, find those broken pieces, and bring them back to get a new one. You know, so yeah, you're and, hoping that some one of your teammates didn't grab those broken pieces and trade them in so you can get an extra bat. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So and again, it is it is what it is, and I have to pay for everything else. So you get again in the first year when you sign, you get some of the steep stuff for free, like the glove. Uh, gear, um, cleats, and all that. But after that, you're on your own. You know, like and during the season, probably go through two pair, two or three pairs of cleats. And for me, the most I spent was batting gloves because uh, you know, batting gloves. I I went through like one every like two weeks, especially when it's hot in Arizona. Yeah, you sweat a lot, right? So it gets super crusty. So yeah, I was getting new batting gloves, which was they were selling. They were selling the clubbies. Were selling for twenty bucks a pair. So uh, I, I was, you know. <laughs> paying for like 40 or 40 to 60 bucks a month, kind of thing, you know, just on batting gloves. Right. So there was my meal money right there. Fucking buying batting gloves. So crazy. Unbelievable. But now you live a much happier life. I fucking love my life. My bank is full. Fucking fuck you. You know? Like, you <laughs> so tell us about what you do now. You, you're working in a, is it a family restaurant? Yeah. So it's, it's a bar. Uh, it's a small town though. So it's, it's, it's tiny, but it works. And I've, again, as soon as I got done, I'm like, dude, like, I have some, you know, I could have become a coach like everyone else. I'm like, dude, let me stay the fuck away from this game. I hate it. I hate it. Like, even when I was coaching the offseason, I never really liked it, you know, so it wasn't really my scene, right? So I was like, dude, let me just do something totally different. So I got into this business. So bar, I'm a, I run as a bar manager here and, and I pretty much do everything. Obviously, owner is my mom. So I could do all the cash outs and to right. check numbers and stuff like that. And so, yeah. So you, you labor, you do all the ordering? Yep, I do everything. I do liquor ordering to fucking pretty much everything, like scheduling. I hire, fire people too. It's fucking awesome. Yeah, I get to do all. <laughs> well, good on you for finding a life after baseball. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah no, I'm, I'm super happy. Again, a lot of people though, like a lot of my friends, especially too, I've I've seen them struggle as soon as they're done or they're released. They don't know what to do. You know, they're like, right. oh, you know to hang on so a lot of them will play like indie ball for like three four years if they if they're even good enough to play you know or they're just done and just become just like 
just you know nothing you know they just do nothing you know all kind of things so it it, it is tough too and especially there's nothing like the MLBPA and shit like that they don't support you for shit you know so you're on your own kind of thing especially when you get released i mean what do you go to like you you're on your own man you know yeah. so it, again it is what it is but you know i i really hope that it changes in the near future especially pay wise because they deserve better than that you know and then you don't want to see your fucking even the first and second round pick you know you see them in a fucking apartment full of six guys you don't want to see that kind of thing you know so yeah wow that's huge yeah it's like human trafficking almost for for for, for the minor leaguers just about yeah it's indentured well, it's, servitude it's and you can understand like i mean for uh, i don't know if you see my tweet with uh the like the roster for everybody from extended to, you know, big leagues or whatever. There's like 160 guys every single year and about 40 to 50 get released uh, or traded or rule five or, or whatever. They just quit. Right. And then there are another 50 that come in every fucking year too, right? About 40 usually from draft and then about 30 to 35 sign. And then you get a bunch of fucking FAs from, you know, Latino countries and shit like that. Right. So there's no joke. And I've seen six years of that, which is why I'm like, dude, I have no desire of going back to that. That, that that lifestyle and this day and then and just for me like all the stability man i don't want to fucking travel around i don't know what to do and i could get released tomorrow i can't get fired from this tomorrow you know i can't do that. no fucking i'm pretty good at it dude the fuck you so <laughs> fucking it's great like I, I love living the normal life i guess you can say but yeah fuck fuck pro ball man well, I, that's wow. a that's a pretty good statement right there to wrap it up on. I thank you so much for taking the time. Dude, to really talk do to appreciate us. it. Yeah, no, no, no. You guys are awesome. So thanks for having me. All right, and uh, so so we can find you. Tell us your Twitter handle. Yeah. So yeah, just let me know and whatever, and I'll whatever tweet it or whatever. Oh, Fuck tell you the uh, tell the people what your Twitter handle is, where they can find you. Oh, my Twitter handle is esim3400. I already have too many fucking people following me, so I don't need you, all right? Fuck you. Fucking 15,000 nobody following me. Fuck that. All right, you got to find some way to make some more money out of that thing somehow. No, he's making plenty of money pouring booze. fucking write a book. Fuck that. I'm not writing a book. All right, thanks so much, Eric. No, of course. Yeah, thanks, guys. That that was an interesting, wow. interesting conversation. Incredibly interesting. <laughs> he has um, he had a pretty pretty. I mean, here's the thing. We just talked about this off the air. Um, the whole culture of baseball in the Asian countries. Yeah, I think it's. I think it. You know, he mentioned he's from Korea. Obviously, I think it's the same thing in Japan. Like, like kids here would just love. Wouldn't we just love to play baseball all day? But the way he made it sound, it's almost in. You're like you're. That you're playing baseball and you and it's not like oh you're doing a good job is like brutal. Well, it sounds like he wasn't even getting an education, so it's just you go play baseball all day and you're going to be a professional ball player. And if that doesn't work, then you're a worthless human being. Right, and That's, with no skill. Jesus, with no skill. So, I it's we think of baseball. We there's this romanticized mm. idea that we have that. You, you get drafted and then you go play minor league ball and there's this idyllic version that we have in our minds and the, you know, going out to eat and you've got groupies and you've got equipment and all this cool stuff. But then in all reality, they're hardly getting paid. Hey, they're hardly getting paid. They're hardly getting fed. Yeah. And they're trying to, uh, hey, they're trying to develop and grow as athletes, as a professional athlete. And they're trying on a on a shoestring budget, on a top ramen budget. Yeah. Um, $20 a day for the minor league on the road. That's not, that's not a uh, daily, you know, at your home field. Yeah. So a Chipotle, a bowl at Chipotle is some fine cuisine. Yeah. And it's going to be about 900 calories if you're lucky. Yeah. And you're, you know, 20 something year old kid playing professional sports. It's not going to fly. Cause it's not like you can go back to your hotel and whip up some macaroni and cheese and some hamburger helper. Right, living seven guys to a three bedroom or what was the three two bedroom? Yeah, seven Just... guys in a three bedroom apartment. Brutal. Yeah, at that time in Juco <laughs> when he was renting a, a closet for fifty bucks a month. Which, when you're younger, and, and he, you know, he talked about it, it's fun because you're younger and you're just, you have nothing to lose. You're not looking to get drafted. You're not, you're just there to play baseball and trying to get an education. Yeah. Well, and he was, uh, he was living and surrounded by people that were in a similar kind of a spot where, yeah, 
they're just trying to make it and they don't really care and everybody's broke, but you know, we're all in this together. But it's, it's at some point the, the dream died yeah, and yet he still continued because I guess he had nowhere else to go. So I just imagine that living going on for another two, three years, dreading getting up every day and going to work, but it's the only thing that you know to do. Yeah. You know, it, it kind of reminded me of like, and this is no comparison, but like, okay, so my last about year of drinking, um, it was, I hated life. I hated life, but what am I going to quit my job? I can't drink if I don't work. Um, I don't know how to live any other way. I don't even know what to do to do that. Um, but waking up, dreading to go to work, coming home, and there'd be nights when I'd be like, I'm not going to drink, I'm not going to drink, I'm not going to drink, and I end up drinking, and it all goes away with the sound of the... But to wake up and it be your job, like like I, I love what I do, and uh, there have been jobs where I've had the idea, like, I really don't want to go to work today, but I don't wake up hating my job. I don't wake up dreading waking up anymore to go do what I do. And to do that, um, you know, the romance of baseball is gone. It's gone. Yeah. It's gone. He so, doesn't even want to go out and play rec ball. Right. And I was trying to push him for rec ball. Yeah. <laughs> like, um, nope, I don't want anything to do with that. I'll get I'll I'll get in a cage and I'll throw and I'll hit because I like that, but the whole competitive side of it and people becoming red asses and all yeah. of that, he doesn't want anything to do. And I totally understand that. Yeah. Well, and that's when you when you see guys that that when they retire, they're like, yeah, they cry and it's sad, but it's like they're they've been it's been their lifestyle. It's yeah. been their livelihood. It's like 162 games for 15 years. You have off-season program. You have, you know, spring training. It's like you, like guys don't, I'll say this. When Chipper Jones and they had Chipper Jones, um, Trevor Hoffman in Studio 42. I think that's the baseball one, right? Um, and Trevor was throwing him a wiffle balls. And finally, uh, Chipper, and you could tell that Chipper hadn't picked up a bat since he left. And he hit a ball, and he's like, that's probably the last time I'll ever swing a bat. And, like, I don't think anyone else caught that, but I caught it. And he's like, that, when they're done, they're done. And his fans were like, how could you not? Yeah, but he, those were major leaguers. They got yeah. paid major league salaries, yeah. superstar salaries right. for decades plus. Where this is a guy that was, you know, hanging on by a shoestring for a long time yeah. and hating it. And then finally, when that day came that he got released, it was a liberating thing for him. So the the struggle of a minor league ball player is something that I think is a, a legitimate talking point. Um, and I'm glad that it's a conversation. And I mean, he was framing it correctly that these are athletes that the organization wants to succeed. It's an investment that you're making. And yeah. so why don't you just pay them a little bit better you know, make sure that they have the the ability to feed themselves and to train properly instead of you don't get paid for spring training. You don't get paid for fall instructs. You don't get yeah. paid if you get stuck at the complex yeah. all season. You don't get paid for the off season. And how's the guy supposed to make it like that? And I think a lot of players wind up having sponsors that finance them for a, for a period of time with the promise that they'll get paid back when that player finally makes the big contracts. There is that. I think Fernando Tatis has done that. Uh, the, there's the one here for that's l not local, but... No, there's become a corporate thing, yeah. like an agency that does this. But yeah. I mean, this happens on a... I, I know from golfers that have wanted to become pros, they'll get you know, somebody at a club that they know will sponsor them. Yeah. And they'll pay for their greens fees. They'll pay for this. And it's like a budget. And I think that's what a lot of minor league players wind up doing because otherwise, what are they... Now, a lot of these guys that we talk to, they're at home. They go back to mom and dad's house and they're, yeah. you know, 25 years old, still spending the winter at mom and dad's house trying to train and, and make it. Yeah. And a lot of the guys that we talk to yeah. are, are they're super young. Like we've, you know, Buddy Reed's 23. Um, Nick, Mark, Nick Margavich is, uh, you know, he's 22, 23. But Joey Cantillo is 19. Yeah. and But I think they all went back home. Maybe, yeah. maybe, maybe not Buddy Reed, but like. These, most of the guys we talk to, they're from the living room. You know, we're talking to those guys in the living room of their parents' house. Yeah. And, we and if they them, took a $5,000 signing bonus, there's it's not like there's anything. Right. There's nothing. There's a day job. You better get a day job and then yeah. have time to work out in the offseason just to stay above but water. But then, as Eric said, how do you find a day job that's for just like three or four months? Yeah. 
and still lets you train and do the other stuff you need to do in the off season. It's insane. It's crazy. So that was, that was a very entertaining, very fun, but a very different interview with Eric Sim. And I'm very I'm glad we had the opportunity to talk to him. So, uh, we do, uh, when we do release this episode that we, uh, um, we want to say that the opinions expressed in this podcast were of Eric Sims and Eric Sims only. Uh, I'm sure he's going to give me the finger right now, so we're going to give you the finger right back. We love you, Eric. We appreciate it, but the uh, his opinions were his own. And you know what? When it comes to minor league pay and that kind of stuff, something has got to happen. Dude, you don't like it's. Once again, I'm going to kind of request this to my drinking. Like, I had to go to rehab. And after three days of inpatient rehab, my insurance kicked me out. Now, you would think that you would want to at least invest the money in someone trying to get sober so they don't have to pay for all the other crappy stuff that happens to an active alcoholic drug addict. Mm -hmm. Emergency room visits. You know, the, you know, none of the health of, of the abuse of alcohol and drugs, but like the whole lifestyle that comes with that, falling down, breaking things, breaking yourself, um, years of bodily mismanagement, it's going to be a lot more strained financially than it would be if you spent a couple more days in rehab. And believe me, I know the difference between that and in minor league baseball is, is vast, but it's still kind of the same principles. Like you at least got to give the person a chance to succeed. Well, and if you take the billions of dollars that Major League Baseball is taking in, billions, and what the Padres' revenue that Forbes released and said that they made like two hundred sixty-six million dollars in two thousand seventeen, yeah. And so, if you took a small piece of that and distributed that among the hundred and sixty or so players in the minor leagues, it amounts to less than your average ball player's salary. Yeah. Well, not the major league minimum, but you know, a decent free agent. You sign one less decent free agent, and now you can give 160 kids yeah. a better lifestyle. Right. Which in the end will make you a better ball club because these guys can develop and and grow. Yeah. And I think uh, I think Emily Walden put like for the price of uh of the run of the mill reliever, which is like 6.5 million dollars, everyone could be okay. Yeah. And. You'd still be an at-will employee, meaning like, okay, so you've been in double-A, but like, you still can be released. You can still be fired, if you want to call it that. You can still be fired because it's still Major League Baseball you're trying to get to. And, you know, making them, paying them more money doesn't mean they're not going to like, well, I can just do this for the rest of my life. No, you're going to get released if you're not going to hit yourself out of double-A. Yeah. Uh, you're, if you don't make it out of the complex, you know, you're not going to get you're not going to get any more. You're done. Oh, and it was your own choice to drop out of college or yeah. forego college altogether. Yeah. And now you're 26, 28 years old and you have no marketable skills. No. Good and, luck finding a job out on the workforce. Hence Eric's, uh, you know, bartender at his parents' restaurant, you know, yeah. at his parents' place. So even thank God that he had that to fall back on. Um, my question is, and I haven't asked to any of our minor league guys, do like, so when you get signed in like the ninth, ninth round draft and your money isn't much um do they pay for college or is that part of your bonus or even any of those bonuses is it a part of like is a part of that set aside so okay after three years of minor league ball we're gonna pay for you to go to college and that's my question and i'm not sure if i can ask that okay so from a business standpoint if if i'm the team and you're the ball player what do i care if you have a college degree so mm. where i work there's a program where they'll pay for me to go and get, you know, education, whatever. But that's with the intent that if I go out and get an MBA, then now that adds to my resume and that opens up opportunities within the company. So they're investing in me in that way with baseball players. That doesn't matter. You can have a PhD. Who cares? Can you hit, can you hit a curveball? Right. Well, I'm saying after the, after, so after you, okay, we signed you in the 15th round for whatever, um, you're done after three or four years and you wash out, they pay for your education. Or maybe even higher round guys. I don't know. I, I, no, I, I don't think there's any of that. Uh, interesting. I, I, so I don't know well, where and, I got that stuck in my head. And so one snag in that is that the Major League Baseball Players Association does not represent the minor league players. It only represents the major leaguers. And yet right. the collective bargaining agreement still defines how the minor leaguers are compensated. And so they need to look out for their own interests but they're not really looking out for the interests of those that are coming up behind them. And it's, 
it's it's almost like they forgot where they came from. Yeah. Yeah. And I'm getting kind of political there, but Woo! definitely our, our most political episode. Huge stuff. Big, 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 big stuff. Well, and my work does the same thing, but I have to show that whatever education I go has to be like, I can't go to like school to be a nurse um, on my company's dime. It has to be something in business. It has to be something in, you know, obviously culinarian, um, but it can't be the funds for you program that we have. Uh, has to be something that I can apply to my day job. Yeah. So why would why would the team care if right. after we release you, if you're going to go on and get education anywhere, whatever, uh, you're done. We're we're done with you. Go hit the road. Brutal. It sucks. Uh, anyway, that was it. Was really funny. Hey, you guys. Uh, thanks for listening. You can find me uh, on Twitter. I've never S D Donovan S D D O N A V A N. That's right. You have to remember the A in the middle. Yeah, I'm Anavan. Don Donavan. Donavan. And I am at Zippy underscore TMS. What does a TMS stand for? You will never know. Ah, go Padres! Go What? <laughs> you good? Yeah, I don't know. Yeah? Nah, I'm not sure. Really? Fuck pro ball. Fuck. I mean, I loved it. I don't think it's going to get us in any trouble. I don't. I mean, it's just squirming. I loved it. Don't get me wrong. Uh-huh. But. Eh. No, what do we fucking care? Oh, you got to hit stop. Oh, yeah. Let me talk. I had to take a leak, too. Doo-doo!